This week on the podcast, Mendachi got his hands on the MK1 beta. What did he learn and how does it stack up to Street Fighter 6? Games could be getting pricier for non-Americans on Steam. We're going to break that down for you. And of course, stick around until the end of the show for some deals of the week. All of that and more in this week's episode of Next to Nothing. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Next Yay. to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I am your host, Danny Kay. I am joined by the wonderful, the beautiful, the Mr. Green Elite. Green, how are you doing today? Uh, I am vibing and thriving. I'm definitely not having any uh, panic attacks at all, ever. Um, I am I am here. I'm alive. I'm, 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 I'm doing great. Uh, you know, we're just, we're here. We're here. You know, I, I feel you. I had a pretty anxious, uh, anxiety-filled day today, too, for... For reasons that we've talked about, but I can't really share here on the show. But uh, yeah, Mendachi, how about you? How are you doing, Spooky and Nuclei Boy? Uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I've been pretty much taking in nothing but Mortal Kombat for like the past two weeks. Uh, otherwise, I've just been revisiting like uh, games that I didn't give a lot of time to in the past. So it's been, it's been exciting in that regard. So yeah, things are fine. Hell yeah. Uh, of course, if you guys miss any part of the show, if you're joining us live, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. If you want to join us live, Twitch, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Central Time. That's typically where you can find us. I, on like, let's just go right into it. I, I really want to, we were talking Mortal Kombat the entire time. Like, we also have a trailer <laughs> that we can talk about, but I want to talk about this beta. Mendachi, tell us yeah. all about this beta, baby boy. All right, so the beta, first and foremost... I think I was honestly a little spoiled with uh, Street Fighter Six, where uh, if you if you did watch that episode, awesome, thanks. But uh, if you didn't, um, in short, you were able to play with the character creator for your avatar. You were able to join lobbies and hang out uh, with your friends. There was a chat, like you could chat with people uh, in game. You could just go up and play friendlies. Um, you could see like what your rank would be before beta. Obviously that would be wiped, but there were ranks in, in beta and you could also just queue up with your friends. You could just play privately with your friends if you wanted to. <clears throat> so like it was pretty robust in that regard. And there was a, there was roughly about the same amount of time between when that street fighter six final beta dropped and street fighter six actually dropped. Um, Mortal Kombat 1's beta, I'm going to talk about this in, in very short segments, but the beta itself is, or was, uh, it ended yesterday, sparse. So there were five characters to play, uh, play with, uh, and then a few cameo characters. I can't remember the number right now. I'd have to go through the names. And they had tower mode, where you get to play against the other, like the five characters, that were in the beta, uh, just, you know, offline, like a short kind of addendum to arcade mode with nothing at the, nothing at the top. And then there was versus mode and versus mode, uh, was just against randos. It seemed, um, unless I totally missed something, but just against randos. And the, the other thing that I noticed when playing online against random people was that, you would you would get to see i think their their internet connection so like if they were on wi-fi and how many bars they had and then their overall ping 
but otherwise there wasn't really anything else. You couldn't create like a private lobby and invite a friend. Uh, there was no, um, there was no cross play it seemed. And uh, it, it was only available on consoles. So Xbox one X and S and then PS five. So there wasn't a whole lot here. It wasn't, I feel like there also wasn't like a huge, like how to do about it. Um, but overall that, experience aside being able to actually get my hands on the game being able to play the five characters that they did let us play uh was phenomenal um they let you you know like see entire move list so like you weren't just going in blind uh you got to do a fatality one fatality per character and one fatality per cameo character which i didn't realize was going to be a thing and that fucking rules. <laughs> so uh, off the bat, no matter what, when you go into a match, if you're playing friendlies or you're playing through the tower, you know, you've got two different fatalities to choose from. And the same accessibility options for uh, doing combos for move inputs and everything like that that was in MK11. If you're unfamiliar with that, there's uh, something you can switch on to essentially have like less button presses less like movement in order to do combos so it just kind of simplifies things and there's also combo window timer so if you like having your combo timer uh like how long you can take to punch in buttons to be a little bit more lenient with you there's that so it'll give you a few extra frames to put in uh your combos so all of that's still there the one thing that I was kind of hoping that they would bring in from MK11 uh, and I guess MKX uh, was the ability to tag moves, tag combos, so that they would actually show up on your screen so you can kind of practice them without uh, having to look at it, memorize it, and then go right back to the game and you know try to input them and everything like that. So that was a little hairy, um, <clears throat> but I got to say, when when you get into the meat and potatoes of MK1, um, everyone flows so well. The characters in previous titles to me have always felt really heavy and really clunky, and that's typically what other games really had a leg up on them for. Um, and it was never really MK style to uh, make you know these like fast moving, almost like anime arcade fighters stuff like Guilty Gear or uh, Blaz Blue uh in birth you know things things like these games uh you know that go super duper fast um mk is a very methodical game sometimes uh and really makes you work for your combos as well the the windows are kind of strange and um it takes a lot of practice to to get to know how everything flows together but mk1 it feels like even uh, a newbie could go in and make something look really cool. The combat looks fluid. Uh, the animations here they've that they've allowed the characters to do while moving, while hitting, uh, the reactions to being hit, everything like that looks so damn good. Um, and the specials, everyone has uh, what seems like so far a very unique setup, very unique play. Uh, and I got to play through like the entire roster. My favorite one being Lee May, because she is just so flashy. 
Uh, her combos just look so damn good. And you've got a lot of different things that you can actually do with her. So um, that being said, I, I definitely enjoyed my time with her the most. Secondly, being Kenshi, who has uh, a secondary fighting stance known as the Sento stance, which is when he brings out the katana. And when he brings out that ancestral katana, it awakens that spirit that people may have seen in the trailers and uh, it will fight with you and it will almost kind of mirror your attacks. So if you get a poor sob stuck in between you and the ancestral spirit, you're going to just put them through a meat grinder if you can balance your combos and everything like that. Um, getting someone put up in the air and then doing those super delicious looking aerial combos also feels so damn good. Uh, the maps look amazing. Um, all of the effects look great. And of course, the, the fatalities are absolutely chunky. It was really nice being able to see and play around um, with uh, the characters we hadn't seen everything for. Uh, so the roster was Kenshi, Lee May, Johnny Cage, Sub-Zero, and then uh, Katana. And Katana was someone that we have like pretty much seen nothing for as far as the trailers go. So playing with her was really great. Still highly focused on mobility. Uh, really great options. Uh, and it just seems like she makes more sense. And with this new very lightweight uh kind of take on combat she just moves and attacks so well everything looks really flashy and and feels really good the combos too when you land blows or when you see how you're setting up these attacks is just really great uh it's not just like punch punch kick you know like there's some setup with katana it's like a blade slice a blade slice throwing a blade behind you and then doing like a downward punch catching the fan with your other hand and doing a slash and landing a kick that sends them spiraling forward to which then maybe you sprint towards them or you do a super to you know fly over to them to you know keep that pressure on them there's still wake up attacks there's uh, still ways to negate combos using your cameos, which just feels way cooler. If you're getting your ass kicked, you can have Kano fly in and Kano ball somebody and get them off of you. And uh, that, that all utilizes a bar or meter at the bottom, which is something that they have been using, but it was very simplistic in MK11. Um, you had two bars of defense meter and two bars of offense meter. And the offense meter was used to do EX attacks. So basically you get a little bit more oomph to some of your special moves. Uh, or defense, you could do a armored fall. So like they can't combo you. Um, and then you could do an EX uh, uh, wake up attack. So you could really kind of keep someone off of you and punish them for trying to keep the pressure on you. So uh, this is a lot more robust as far as fighting game mechanics go. And it feels so much closer to what MK should be in the modern day. I'm interested to see if they end up doing something with the controls that are more like modern controls for Street Fighter, uh, but I don't really think they will. Um, for cameo characters in the beta, we got to try out Frost, Jax, Sonya, Kano, 
and oh i swear there was one other and i can't quite remember but that might have been it uh but regardless uh using each of them feel felt really good um the attacks that they could come in and do were really solid and um johnny cage is terrifying to play against uh because he has so much that he can do and uh he has a taunt meter so if he like taunts you enough times he gets a uh, superstar mode and you're just disgustingly uh overpowered at that point and just a force to be reckoned with so if you really hated fighting against say terminator in mk11 uh when he used that neuroskeleton or neuro exoskeleton um i guess ability in in some of his uh what do you call them oh god the the different variations there you go his uh his exoskeleton variation ability it's uh so much worse than that it's so much worse than that uh so it it was it was just a really really phenomenal time um i played a lot of tower i didn't play a lot of online because sadly it kind of seemed like the servers were a little poo poo and it could have been just you know because they were trying to stress test um i haven't looked in to see if they have rollback or delay based net code um if it's delay based it's it's going to be more of the same the same stuff that we dealt with in mk11 um which if you haven't really studied up and learned up on net code i recommend it especially if you're um looking to get into playing these guy games um either in competitive mode or uh just you know a lot with your friends online um because it can it can change your experience quite a bit um unless you guys are really close to each other then awesome you'll probably have a great time uh, but if you're getting consistently synced up with someone that's say like in brazil it's going to be rough um, so I really hope that that's not the case with MK. So otherwise, uh, yeah, it, it played great. It looked phenomenal. I want to get my hands on the rest of the roster. Um, for ages, I was a Sub-Zero main. MK11 came around and I turned into a Kotal Khan main. And um, I haven't seen my boy yet. And I'm really upset. <laughs> but uh, Shao Khan, or rather General Shao, looks fucking awesome. <laughs> so. I might be hopping on that train. Um, they got rid of the boys, hammer. It's an axe they got now. rid of the, and it it's, you can you can control it like, like with magic. <laughs> and it looks so sick. You got horns now instead of just a helmet, and he he doesn't look like weird ass uh, King Koopa from the John Leguizamo Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> don't we don't ever bring that up ever. <laughs> mag boots <laughs> <laughs> trusted the fungus uh yeah so did did you boys have any questions for me as far as my time with the beta goes it, there wasn't much to it as far as that goes but i think that it was you know more of like a here go ahead get your hands on it a little bit get a little dirty and let us test the servers a little bit i think that's really all it was um but uh all it has made me want to do is just get my hands on the full game and i've still got what nine plus 19 i've got 28 days left before yeah. it drops so i'm a very very casual mortal kombat fan i really more appreciate it for its ridiculous storytelling were there any kind of clues in the beta uh outside of like the trailers was there any other new like pieces of information that you could pick up that might lead to some lore 
Uh, yes, actually. Uh, so when you uh, do play online, there was something very strange about this too, by the way. When playing online and you do your character select, your characters, you know, like they face each other kind of UFC style. And then as soon as you've selected your stage, it drops the stage be behind the characters and they start out basically in that, I don't know, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but that like croft crossed arms crossed weapons uh kind of a uh, look that injustice 2 did and then you got some babble here and some babble here so there were some voice lines but you can't necessarily uh the voice lines were intriguing but you can't necessarily uh uh take them for being 100% canonical as far as someone's um uh like what they say to the other person because sometimes they just make shit up. Uh, you know, if you do a mirror match, they'll be like, who are you? And it'll be like, I'm you, but stronger. And then they'll say like, yeah. we'll find out about that. You know, something along those lines. So they, they might have just, you know, some canned dialogue that doesn't necessarily point towards the story. Um, but Lee may uh, seems to be more of like a, not a bounty hunter, but like a, I mean, we already knew that she was an Umgadi, which is a, a protector, a queen's guard, if you will, for Kitana um, and Melina. Uh, and then her superior officer would be Tanya, which we saw in the Umgadi trailer. Um, but she crossed up with a Sub-Zero. Uh, you know, I was playing Lee Mei, they were playing Sub-Zero. And she said, you will pay for your crimes. And he's like, I'll freeze you in your place. And she said, uh, I will take you in dead or alive. And so I don't think that necessarily Sub-Zero has done bad things, uh, you know, to to the, the court of Edenia or Outworld. Um, so I, hard to tell, hard to tell as far as that goes. But that's that's the only thing that I can that I can really say as far as the story goes, other than uh, Johnny Cage keeps his house at 72 degrees. <laughs> that's that's interesting, I guess. Um, yeah, culture <laughs> man of culture. Yeah, his swimming pool looks dope as hell. And uh, what a hell of a view, I think, on uh, like the like, I think he's up in Beverly Hills and he's like literally on the hill looking down. So he's he's uh, not a washed up. Uh, action movie actor i think he's probably closer to uh uh maybe someone like of like a like a liam hemsworth or something like that or chris okay. hemsworth uh in in this universe i think Liu kang has been very kind to him in, in his <laughs> uh in his uh career so he seems very very much so um up there i think i feel like before he was maybe like a b-roll b-movie star yeah always inspired by uh uh what's what's the dutch man's name <laughs> jcvd jean-claude yep. van damme yeah i wish because i'm right there with you i love the the goofy nonsensical garbage storyline uh and this this definitely seems like it's gonna be the most goofy <laughs> so i'm just i'm i'm happy that uh so many people can get in at the ground floor with this uh timeline remaking yeah um the only other question i had was just like out of the fatalities you saw like what was your favorite dude yeah that is a good damn and, question and i'm gonna apologize to green if he was gonna ask that oh no no you're good 
Yeah. Uh, let's see here. <sighs> so you should ap- ap- apologize more to me, feel. Right. Yeah. It just sounds good. So in in <laughs> in typical in typical me fashion, I'm stuck between the actual coolest one and the most cheesy hilarious one. So I think I think I'm going to just say both of them. So Kitana's uh, Royal Blender is nuts. Uh, just, you know, two spinning fans, one at the bottom, one at the top, and slowly they get closer and closer. And just like, it's so disgusting until they like clap together. And then she just catches them back. And the person you were fighting is just gone. There's nothing left of them. It's like they never existed. Uh, just really, it's simple and clean just nice um my favorite being of the cheesy kind with the cameo characters um the cool thing actually is that all of these cameo characters they have the fatality uh that they first have when they first showed up so sonia blade has kiss of death and uh kano has the rip your heart out of your chest fatality uh frost has the i think it's like a frozen core freezes you in the middle and then punches you and like obliterates like your torso and like leaves you with nothing but frozen bones in the middle. Hella goofy. Um, but Jax, Jax's first fatality is, uh, doesn't make sense to his character because I don't, I don't even know if, if they knew what they were going to do with this character when he first came. But, uh, anyway, so it's like, he does like, like DC character Apache, or uh like an ant-man and he gets real big and then he crushes you with his giant butt boot he just crushes you with his giant boot uh just gets real big and smushes you swish, swish. yeah so you see his giant combat boot and it just and that's it so i'm really excited for people to to be uh experiencing that and uh people who haven't played those old games to maybe see some of those uh um some of those older fatalities uh i did forget fire god Liu kang is was in the beta and played really well they changed some of his moves to to fit more like yeah what's up i've been hanging out for all of creation and so he's got crazy teleporting attacks he's got um his bicycle kick is something a little bit different um and he's extreme he is more mobile now and has more projectiles and is able to punish so much more and uh his his uh i still sometimes call them x-ray attacks the fatal blow that stuff phenomenal and then obviously we've seen his fatality in the trailers where he opens up a fucking black hole and just holds you next to it while the black hole tears everything away from you um yeah, he's phenomenal. He's everything that you would think a a god of creation would be without being super overpowered, which sounds really hilarious and ironic, but uh he was perfect too. Yeah. Green, do you have any questions? Uh no, I'm just uh, super excited to see more. Um I I've been a, a super super mild like Mortal Kombat fan. Um mm-hmm. um you know, I, I used to play it like on Xbox and stuff like that. Uh, like I, I remember Deadly Alliance was like the one that I fucking played the most, but I, I, right. I really like the stories and, and the inter interconnectivity of like the different timelines and stuff like that. 
um and th this just makes me want to like sit down and watch like a a four hour long lore video about like yeah. who, who, what what's going on from one like the original to now oh yeah so, yeah i also have really enjoyed uh with like some of the trailers you know we've seen um for one thing like reptile had the biggest fucking glow up oh of, he's so uh, fucking fighting... cool he's so fucking he's great and of course again, like, like he, yeah human. and he can turn he can turn into his reptile form there's there's this massive contention between the fans some people really loved him as like you know a uh, uh, human um what do you what would you call that human presenting ninja uh, and then others were like, I want him to be a full ass fucking bipedal Komodo dragon. <laughs> like, and, uh, and, and I was and like, in the humanoid boat for sure. Same, same. Uh, I, I was never really a big fan of his, like, uh, like the MK4 and then MK Deadly Alliance, I think. I was okay with that, those two designs, but then it just got weird and he just turned into like a full ass lizard, lizard thing um looked really strange in mkx was not a fan um and then you know we didn't get him in mk11 uh we got a, a, a couple costumes for scorpion and we got a cameo in the crypt for mortal kombat 11 and that's that's it so he looks phenomenal and the the internet is like wow he looks great and then the other camp's like i'm gonna fuck reptile you know like it's it's definitely uh they they hit the nail on the head they found they found that nice easy spot for character art i uh, can't really say the same for ermac ermac looks like a dried up raisin man he looks like a a gross uh uh paper mache made out of uh toilet paper with some uh broken glow stick shit um really sucks he has looked really great in the past mk9 ermac was dope as fuck um i wouldn't even be mad if it was like normal black hood red mask red vest ass fucking ermac at this point um but they just keep leaning super hard into the mummy shit and i, I don't get it i do not get it um what's wrong with paper mache that's yeah sorry i apologize I didn't mean yeah. anything to paper mache, but Ermac can please. I, I really hope that his uh, secondary costume looks great or at least better uh, in some regard. Uh, that being said, I've really enjoyed like looking at the videos that have come out from a few people. Maximilian Dude, for one, uh, has done some like looking at the, uh, the journey that some of the character designs have made um over the years and if uh you're a fan of reptile you should go and check out his video on the history of uh reptile uh really really appreciated that that was really nice it's also kind of short it's like 17 minutes and you get to see all of the adaptations and iterations of reptile so it's pretty cool um i'm i'm really excited so far it seems like they're leaning really heavy into mortal kombat deception and uh overall uh it looks like we're getting a lot of characters out of deception, such as uh, Shujinko as a cameo character. So really, really hoping that we'll see some more Mortal Kombat deception stuff in the future. But otherwise, uh, beta good. Too many days to wait. And uh, give me give me more trailers. I don't even want to have any surprises left for me when the game comes <laughs> out. Show me everything now. Cool. I, I think we've covered everything. Anything else? No, no, no. 
Cool. Do you guys want to talk about? Do you guys want to talk about why uh, Steam games might be getting more expensive for people outside of the United States? No. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a super sexy topic, Um, but like we've talked about (laughs) it before in the past, uh, specifically that the price of Steam games outside the U.S. um, and how that relates to uh, the relative cost of buying power in certain countries' currencies, right? So we all know that certain countries, their currency is not as valuable as the American dollar or don't have the, they don't have the buying power um, that uh, other developed countries do. So really the TLDR uh, is that some developers uh, are going to have to adjust the price of their games to match the buying power of consumers. And while this is a good thing for developers it's really uh going to be a, an issue for people outside of those countries in fact it's been um one thing that we did talk about in kind of related to this was that uh like americans and europeans were using vpns and other um geolocation tools to actually get cheaper games and so it was actually uh, a little bit of a problem uh that was being abused as well so uh, a little bit of a like you know a little bit of a rehistory lesson here back in October of last year um, Steam made a recommendation that uh, prices will that prices should be increased uh, in some cases like in Europe prices would increase by about 18% on average while in Argentina prices would rocket 485% But at the time, these were recommendations and were not being mandated by Valve themselves. Basically branding their their blog post and the information as a helpful suggestion of tables and conversions for developers and publishers. But now, 10 months later, that position has changed and they have updated their pricing guideline to fall in line with those recommendations. Um... So, breakdown of the rules, right? Steam's lowest possible base price, unless it's free, is 99 cents. You can't sell a game, unless it's on sale, for less than 99 cents. And even then, you can't sell for less than uh, 50% of the game's value. So, the lowest possible price for a game that you can have in um, on Steam is 49 cents. All prices are going to be based on the value of the American dollar. So if you're buying in euros, pesos, yen, and rubles, the price will probably be increasing. Um, An example that PC Gamer provided in their coverage, and I think this is just a really good example, is uh, they took Vampire Survivor, which is currently um, selling in Argentina for the equivalent of 85 American cents. If you live in Argentina, the developer will have to increase the price of that game an equivalent of 14 American cents in order for the game to remain on the storefront in Argentina for Steam. Um, If devs and publishers fail to change their pricing in the affected currencies, the game will just not be available for purchase on Steam. Um, I, I think, like... 
I hope that's like this the the best way to just like uh, explain the situation. Do you guys have any like uh, initial questions about it? Because I don't. I I will be quite honest. If we get much deeper into it, I don't have a lot to say or a lot to uh, to really help <laughs> with understanding. Just, it just seems like a super weird issue for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why my brain just like can't wrap wrap around like why this is a big issue like with pricing and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, in like my whole thing has always kind of been well, shouldn't why are we basing it on the buying power and the conversion to American dollars when that's not the consumer buy like 99 cents in the states doesn't get you a whole hell of a lot, but I imagine in other countries where like the buying power of consumers is that could be like you know a, a you know a certain amount of money like that could be like a, i know for some countries like 99 cents can be like a lunch that's yeah um, it's a whole ass whole ass like dinner spread in the philippines yeah it's like 90 like i know like i see like people talk about um like going to vietnam and stuff like that and we think 99 cents here gets you shitty uh you know fucking coffee from a gas station if you're lucky i think most of like casey's general stores it's like a dollar 29 for a 16 ounce coffee oh. yeah um, like trip but like in quick v- trip and stuff like that yeah. it's like yeah like a dollar fifty dollar almost two dollars now but like coffee. i know like in vietnam the equivalent of like you know a dollar 29 will get you like a, like an actual you know sandwich and drink and stuff like that like it you know the buying power is quite different and so why steam seems to think that they need like i would love to know more justifications for why they want to increase the the essentially the value uh of games in those countries um Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it it does feel a little odd but i i would actually love to know like if you live in an area like argentina or the eu um i believe turkey turkey was another one that they mentioned it was like a 400 percent, like over 400 percent increase um, i want to say that last year when we originally kind of ran into uh this conversation that they were actually talking about doing this and implementing it they used turkey uh specifically in in that example as well and it was going to be astronomical the amount of money that uh they would have to start spending to buy games i mean like look at australia um i know i know that the three of us um in, enjoy music and everything like that have you ever looked at how expensive it can be sometimes to say like buy um a deluxe cd of like a new release album or something like that in australia it's the entire reason why Trent Reznor of the Nine Inch Nails left uh, his record company and went to go create Razor's Edge because they wanted to sell um, his deluxe edition of uh, the album that became The Slip uh, in Australia for something like it was it would total out to be like forty two dollars American. And he's wow. like, that is fucking stupid absolutely not and then he leaked the album for free on myspace (laughs) and uh broke contract and then created razor's edge um children for for y'all that are listening myspace (laughs) is a website that is very similar to facebook except for you could change your profile background and stuff like that and put like mm -hmm. a cool little widget with music in it it was a different time man i'll tell you what it's it's how all of us learned html 
<laughs> I I just want to be like, so you're you're trying to teach kids about MySpace, but first we have to go back and teach them about Nine Inch Nails. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up, Danny. Don't even. What, yeah, Inch, no, their uh, first uh, record of what ninety four? Uh, or is it no, before that? Was it ninety three? Before that. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's yeah. I was gonna say it's. Thank I'm you, Brent. Pretty sure it was yeah. Thank you, Brent. Brent would know. Of course he's here. Of course he knows. <laughs> he's probably wearing a Nine Inch Nails shirt right the fuck now. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, like that's... Nin? <laughs> nin. Uh, but yeah, so um, uh, the, big, the big thing that comes to mind when it comes to this is you're playing with microeconomics and macroeconomics. And, and when you're dealing with, um, you know, things that are strangely subtle and sometimes uh uh explosive like money markets um things can get really fucking messy uh just take like five minutes of your own time and just do like one usd like go to google look one usd to uh pounds sterling uh one usd to a euro to a peso you know, so on and so forth, and look at the stark difference of, you know, like numbers, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, then just like look at what that amount actually would buy you in that country. And then you might be like, oh, yeah, okay, now I understand the issue here. <laughs> like, yeah. if everything has to match up to, like, you have to pay up to one US dollar for this game, one US, 20 US dollars to this game, even places like Canada. Are going like you know our fucking neighbor or obviously mexico with the peso they're going to fucking suffer for this the industry of of indie developers is going to get fisted with this uh this is very bad very very bad uh as, as far as that goes and um it's going to screw consumers uh to the point at which they won't be able to buy things but even if they want to, they won't be able to justify the the expense. And then you look at the the developers and how massive the marketplace of Steam is. What the shit? Like you're you're either gonna push out your consumers and and to try and go and find another marketplace. And if that other marketplace adopts the same thing because of how much influence Steam has. Um, and people be like, that's a really good idea. I'm going to start doing that. Like, absolutely. You're going to start seeing developers um, get very hurt from, from this kind of practice. Uh, dealing with conversion rates and stuff like that and, and enforcing a conversion rate, by the way, can be extremely difficult. Um, I understand why they're saying like, you know, let's use, uh, you know, the USD, whatever. Uh, I believe Steam is what based in the u.s yes yeah, washington state i believe and like it, i don't even know like where's the most of their consumers where are they located that would be something that would be interesting to see as far as that data goes um definitely definitely makes me curious as to what brought this on uh especially when they've been able to operate for so long without it yeah so that's definitely you know food for thought yeah, I if I were to wager any sort of guess on like the majority of their their players or their customers, it's definitely going to be like U.S., Canada, Western Europe, uh, South Korea and a few other Asian countries. Um, right. You know, so 
yeah i if you live in any of the affected areas let us know in the comments we want to hear from you guys how this is going to affect you um all the all the uh like price increases and stuff like that the only other thing i was going to mention i just have like one piece of advice for anyone who this will affect um if you have chrome or a chrome based uh web browser uh get uh steam db or something similar uh that's a fantastic tool for you to like check uh check prices check player numbers and like check when the last time something was on sale what the lowest recorded price was all that stuff um steam B, St that's uh steam db it's free check it out i use it for the show like all the time um mm -hmm. also go check out other marketplaces Right. Don't just rely on Steam. Go check out other marketplaces. We talk about them on the show like Fanatical, GOG, Humble Bundle, yep. which, of course, we're affiliates of. You're going to be more likely to find good deals there. You're going to save money anyways. So go check those out. That's my that's my advice. That's my soapbox. Do you guys have anything else uh, on this topic? Uh, you know, Killing Floor 3 just got announced, I guess. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Killing Floor 2 still in early access? Uh, <laughs> I uh, legitimately, I if it came out of early access, I did not hear about it. And I, I, I don't know. It wasn't like in if it came out of early access uh, or if they never right. took that tag off. They didn't do shit to it enough over the, the last 10 years that it's been available anyways to really like warrant saying it was in early access. It was out of early access as soon as it became available. Sorry, that's right. my and that's has, my rant. And they have the audacity to be charging fucking thirty dollars for it too. No, it doesn't say it's really access on Steam anymore. I, so I don't. I never really had a problem with the price, right? Like to me, like this is just a very weird aside. Sorry, but like I never had like a huge problem with the price. Just be honest and say that the game was basically finished and that you guys were just doing live service stuff. And I know that it like became like came out of early access, like or it's it, like it came out onto early access, like around the time that like live service really started becoming a thing and, you know, games got their updates, you know, but they, they never really did enough to the game to ever really qualify it for anything other than just being, well, it was released it. Whenever they say it came out of early access, um, go back three years and it's probably the exact same game. Mm. Mm hmm. 100 honest with you the game looks like shit yeah I'll, I, I have i i saw it on twitter but i haven't actually looked at anything yet so i don't want to make a judgment based on that but uh killing floor I'm 2 and how lackluster the whole development of that game was and how boring the fucking game got because they wouldn't just add like proper content uh yeah yeah anyways do you guys want to go to deals of the week yeah. Absolutely, Dan. Get it. Hell yeah. Okay, I'm going to start. Uh, this week, my deals from Humble Bundle. Again, we're affiliates. Link in the description. It'll actually help us out. Just know that we do get a cut if you make a purchase from that link. It's the If You Build It bundle for 22 bucks, $22 American. You can get games like Prehistoric Kingdom, which is like Zoo Tycoon with dinos, Universe Sim, and The Tenants if you wanted to be a landlord, you know? Uh other sims there's a lot more there this uh bundle goes to support the lotus outreach program so go check that out mendachi what you got 
Uh, mine's actually not necessarily on sale, but it is a damn good deal. Uh, Brent got me quick too last week on the show. We were live, talked about this. I got a chance to play with him, and uh, holy hell, this kicks so much ass! It is beautiful. It is super fun to play. It is it is multiplayer. Um, you need to check this out, especially if you're uh, a fan of the old shooters or just an old Quake fan, uh, or you're interested in um you know the the fps games that influence so much of uh, what we play today for 9.99 quake 2 remastered is on steam and uh you can buy it for yourself and your friends and uh get gritty with it and they even added new levels and and places in old levels there's a ton of work and love that went into this um thanks to uh and if i remember right night dive was uh behind this one of course brent will probably correct in the chat and tell me that i'm a, a big dummy but a uh, night dive has knocked it out of the park every single time with a remaster so this is this is definitely up there yeah green what you got uh well vampire survivors is on sale they just got a new update uh which includes a new local co-op which is pretty cool sales gonna be running until august 31st uh, it's a whole whopping 25% off, which means that it is $3.74 US. Still under $5 and, uh, you know, relatively cheap for a fun-filled game, bullet hell, uh, vampire, fuck em up game. Hell yeah. Yeah, and they've got two DLCs that are also on sale for, I think, like 50% it, off. They're like a dollar forty nine or some you, shit. So like you can pick those if you up. bundle it as thirty five percent off, so five dollars and eighty cents for the DLCs plus the base game. That's really damn good. Absolutely stunning, gorgeous. Anything else that you guys want to uh, uh, talk about real quick, or do we just want to talk about what's coming up on our channels? Yeah, that. All right. Don't, Man, don't sexually harass your coworkers. <laughs> oh yeah is, is yeah, that don't do that is that a dig at any particular no no no, no? no. We, we at ntn review our stuff ethically and treat each other with dignity and respect that's all oh. i'm saying oh okay so that's not a particular dig at no. any any no. multi-million dollar uh <laughs> media company no i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't say i'm picking that fight no <laughs> who would who would all right green what's coming up with you anything uh i'm not sure we'll, we'll see i i've been stressing with job and wedding coming up and i haven't really found time to really do anything other than make clips for ntn so um yeah. if i do it'll probably be valorant or tarkov or hunts I, I don't know uh, but catch me at twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Greenlee and everything else is Mr. Greenlee, including TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all, all the fancy things. Yeah. Mindachi, how about you? What do you got coming up? Uh, you know, I am uh, here. Uh, I exist on the Next to Nothing network. So um, I, I do not wish to be perceived by mortal eyes anywhere else. Uh, so if you if you enjoy my banter, if you enjoy my candor, then you can find more of that right here on the Next Nothing Network. Uh, I play as Handwin Ilmul Young, 
on uh, VRCana, which is our D&D show. So if you love D&D and you want to see uh, some live play, go ahead and check that out on our YouTube as well. Uh, otherwise, catch me right here talking about video games and video game news next week, next Tuesday. Sweet. Uh, coming up for me, uh, we don't have. Oh, no, I do have VR Kana, uh, a new VR Kana coming up. It's a bonus episode with Rex um, played by the wonderful and beautiful zombie potion. But I do have a lot of prep to do for some more bonus episodes in the next session. And I've still got editing to do. Man, it's wild. It's wild. And I've been struggling with uh, some of the. Um, you know, motivation to to do the editing and stuff like that. It's a it's a bit of a task. So um, I'll be working on that stuff and, and hyping myself up to get it done. But that's pretty much what I've got going on. Otherwise, you can shit post with me on Twitter at or X or whatever the fuck it is at Danny K D A N I E C A E. Elon, you're an idiot. Don't ruin your branding. Um, anyways, yeah, that's the whole show. Thanks for watching and listening. If you guys uh, made it this far, you might as well subscribe. Might as well hit that button. Come on, guys, hit hit that button, drop some comments, uh, let us know what you thought about anything that we talked about. Otherwise, until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, keep fighting those good fights, and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye! X gonna give it to you, X.